0: the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well good morning everybody. It's good to be with you on this fourth Sunday of Advent on this glorious and beautiful Lake Travis Day. My voicemail used to say it's a great day on the lake and today that would have been a lie. Well it's good to be with you and it's maybe an appropriate day as we as we kind of live in this season of Advent of what's coming, this is a great backdrop for that, I think, maybe. And today, as you probably hear in the readings, we start to shift a little. You know, we walked through the beginning of Advent, these apocalyptic readings, and then we move into John the Baptist. And now we move right into, really, Matthew's, the Gospel of Matthew's birth narrative, the nativity story. That revolves around Joseph. You see, Joseph doesn't get a lot of press in the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke is primarily focused on whom? How many of you have read the Bible? (laughs) I expected that to be a resounding Mary. We'll come back to questions and answers in a minute. Uh, But Mary, so this story is more about Joseph. Which is good. Because there's a lot going on in this little short Gospel narrative and I think it's important that we look at these and dive into these as we'll do on Christmas Eve because part of what's happened over, over the years, and, and, and I won't call it a tradition, it's not a tradition, it's just who we are as people. We've, we've lifted up this holy family and this, this time of Jesus' birth to be this perfect, wonderful, amazing thing. Mary's glowing. Have you ever seen the icons of Mary and Joseph? She's glowing and she's happy. Now, I have been with someone when they've given birth and there is no glow <laughs> about that experience. And it's hard. Now to make it even more, more complicated, and I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not trying to knock our visions of the Holy Family here, so just hang with me for a minute. But if you back up even to this point in the story, to understand the marriage in first century Judaism, or in first century, uh, uh, first century, in the first century, when Jesus is, is born, you have to understand that what's going on with Mary and Joseph is they're under contract with each other. Some would say it's arguably what we call marriage today is where they already are. The only thing they haven't done yet is had the big party where the two families come together and decide who gets what assets, you know. That's important. I've been trying to tell my father-in-law that for years, that I'm still waiting on that party where we share assets. (laughs) He he doesn't seem to be budging on that, uh, but we'll get there. But they haven't done that yet. So in many ways, they're under contract. Now, they haven't had any other marital relations to further solidify this marriage either. And she's pregnant. Now, the text tells us that Joseph is a righteous man. In reality, Joseph has two choices to make. Uh, if he thinks there's any kind of infidelity or, or Mary's not honored her side of the contract. And by the way, all of this is, is tilted towards the man uh, in this time and place. He can dismiss her quietly, which the better understanding of that word is divorce. He could divorce her. Dismiss makes it all sound nice and soft. And that would probably leave her a life of poverty if her, if her own family won't take her back in then she'll be, she'll be destitute and stuck uh, in a very bad place. And so will the child. The other option is not near as glamorous. If he, if he were to publicly dismiss her, it could potentially lead to her being stoned or worse. Uh, either way, it doesn't look good for Mary. And this is important. I think this is important that we understand Joseph's been wrestling with this reality. Right, so, many, so often we think that Joseph and Mary just walked into this and yay. When in actuality, it's hard. And you have to imagine the pressure that Joseph is under if Mary's showing, and this is some conjecture on my part, but if Mary's showing and this baby is potentially right there and people know and they know that they're under contract but they haven't fully finished this arrangement yet, you've got to imagine the stress and pressure that Joseph is under. To the point where an angel appears to him in a dream. Now, angels in scripture generally pop up to do heavy lifting. I mean, generally speaking, they don't just pop up to say hi. You know, we don't get a lot of texts where the angel Gabriel appeared to Peter and said hi. Usually they come with a lot more than just a hello. And they appear to Joseph in a dream to remind, well, not to remind him, to tell him. What Mary may already know if we were to piece together the gospel of Luke and how it tells the story of Mary and the gospel of Matthew and how it tells the story of Joseph. Presumably the angel appears to Joseph because Joseph is probably on the verge of of dismissing, of divorcing Mary. And the angel appears and reassures him that this is God's plan, that there is something bigger going on than just you Joseph and just you Mary. And if you will just stay the course, you will see. Which leaves Joseph with this wonderful choice, right? Freedom is so important. And we like to take that away from these holy, the holy family. Joseph has a choice to live into this message that the angel brings or not. To, to follow or not. And Joseph chooses to follow. Now, life doesn't magically just get better for Joseph, we can assume, people are probably still giving him a hard time and asking him questions like, why are you not leaving this woman? What is wrong with you? All the way until the time she gives birth. That Joseph is just an ordinary guy who's been given an extraordinary responsibility and an extraordinary request has been made of him to do something for the kingdom of God. But he's just an an average Joe. Did y'all get that? It's just an average Joe. And that's important. That's so important that we keep them as humans. You know, I say this for those who come on Wednesday when we talk about the life of the saint, whoever the saint of the day is, I often talk about how we lift saints up as being people we could never be like. We're just never going to be as good as the saints. And I always have to remind us that saints are just normal people who said, yes, maybe a lot more than we do who were just willing to, to, to live into what God was inviting them to do, and more importantly, willing to reconcile with God and with their fellow brothers and sisters when they fell short. And we lift them up because they're great examples to us of this kind of godly life. These kingdom builders, I call them, are the saints, the communion of saints that we celebrate. Mary and Joseph are just ordinary people given an extraordinary responsibility for the sake of the kingdom of God. And I think on this fourth Sunday of Advent, it's so important that we live, we live in that, that moment before we get to Christmas, that we live in this reality that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. When we choose to focus our life on God and to connect with God, we open ourselves up to amazing possibilities for the sake of the kingdom. When we do that, we move beyond ourselves into something bigger, bigger than just we could even imagine. And I love how this story talks about Emmanuel, quoting the prophet: "God is with us, with us, right? Not with me. I don't get to hold on to God. God doesn't become my little." As Lennox likes to have now a teddy bear at night, doesn't, God just doesn't get to become my teddy bear, just mine alone. God is with us. God chooses in to, to be in relationship with the whole, the whole of the human family and invites us to be in relationship with each other and with God at the same time. Letting God inform how we relate to one another. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Just think about those who've been at St. Luke's for the, for the better part of the last almost 60 years. The extraordinary things that have happened for the sake of the kingdom just in this place. I think about all the folks that volunteer with Community of Hope right now. The people who drop whatever they're doing to go and care for somebody. To walk with somebody. To be with somebody. Think about all the meals you've provided as a church to those who don't have a whole lot. Think about all the dollars and financial resources that you probably could have used for something else. I won't have a show of hands who's ever given to some kind of mission cause but was thinking about something else in their mind to use that money for, like a big screen TV. But how much of that you have given for the sake of disaster relief. People who've lost everything who just need some resource. And St. Luke's provided. When you think about that. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. When we believe that God is with us. That God is not just my little doll that I get to hold on to. But God is my neighbor's doll. And their neighbor and their neighbor. That everybody that God is with us all. When we realize that then we like joseph and we like mary have the opportunity and the freedom to respond god doesn't imagine what our response is going to be it's ours do we choose to be builders of the kingdom of god do we choose to love people and reconcile and forgive or do we choose to to kind of hold this in and take the easy road it's our choice it was nothing easy about Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem and the birth of Jesus, and immediately following the birth of Jesus. There was nothing easy about that. But they knew, like we know, that God was with them. Not just one of them, but both of them, and the shepherds, and everybody else that was involved. So my brothers and sisters, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, as we prepare for the Feast of the Nativity, as we We prepare for the Feast of the Incarnation on Christmas Eve. Might we pause in this busy season and reconnect with God and imagine how we can be builders of the kingdom. Imagine how we can respond to the radical love and grace that is displayed to us each and every day. Because I think we are ordinary people capable of extraordinary things. Amen. Please. Stand and join in my same creed. Found on page nine. We believe in one God, the Father.